0: And sharing for this first couple of weeks, um, foundations, as we, as we begin to build a church and lay foundations, it's important to, to realize that whatever we build on is what's going to last and what's going to make a difference. And we talked about, the first one block we talked about was forgiveness, and last week we talked about the fact that Jesus is the cornerstone, and I want to say that, you know, the order that I share these doesn't necessarily mean the order of importance, The order I share them is in the order that I kind of just came to me. So um, it's not saying that it's some kind of step-by-step. This is the this is the order. Um, Today I want to talk about the presence of God. Um, God's presence is with us by his Holy Spirit. And it's important to remember that whatever we do, whatever we do, whether it's in our own lives or in the life of the church, that God's presence is what gives life. And it's God's presence that what guides us and directs us. And one of the best pictures of that is in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament. You know, a lot of things in the Old Testament, if you study the Old Testament, you'll see pictures of things in the New Testament. And the Bible calls it types and shadows. And it's a picture. And one of the best pictures of God's presence is when God led His people. And in Exodus, it talks about how he led them, and I want you to turn to Exodus, the 33rd chapter, the 14th verse. And God said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all the people of the earth who are upon the face of the earth. What we see here is God, when he, when he called Moses, he says, my presence will go with you. My presence will go with you. And it's so critical that we have to understand that if God don't go with us, we're in trouble. No matter, whether, no matter what it is, if God isn't with us, then we're on our own. And I believe that, you know, the Bible says that when we're born again, his presence dwells in us. And that doesn't go away. But then as we walk through life, I believe that His presence also guides and directs us and goes with us. I don't believe He ever leaves us, but I believe as we go through life, we also need that presence to guide us and direct us in our steps and in what we do. And we have to know that that presence is with us because we have to recognize that our dependence is upon Him. You know, our dependence is upon Him. It's not my ability or what I can do, but my dependence is on Him. And I believe that sometimes God gets us in places where we have to depend on Him. You know, it's, it's easy to depend on God when everything's going good and the way I think it ought to and everything's smooth and life is good and everything's happening. And then I get in those times when, uh-oh, this isn't what I was planning. This isn't what I thought. This is the way I thought it would should be. This isn't how I wanted it to happen. And, and it's in those times that we recognize our dependence on God. And it's in those times that we pray more. It's in those times that we really say, oh, man, I need to pray about this. This is, really, this is really serious. And so we need to know that, you know, sometimes God will take us where we aren't comfortable. You know, he'll take us where we're not comfortable. I believe sometimes he'll take us where we don't know. You know, I kind of said before about knowing about, you know, your plan for five years. I personally think God takes us a lot of times and he says, I'll tell you the next step. I'll tell you the next step. You know, I want to know the map. You know I, want to know, I want to know the map. I want it all laid out. I want to know when I'm getting there. I want to know where we're going to take a break. I want to know everything that's happening. Mary said, yep, that's the way he is. But that's just the way I am. I want to know what's happening. I want to know. What's happening. You know, and I've told the story before, we went to Mexico with, down. well, we went to Texas to visit Jim and Sally, and and, uh, a missionary said he was going to take us, or a pastor said he was going to take us into Mexico, and uh, that was back when it was a little bit safer, and uh, he said, well, I'll take you into Mexico, and well, I'm not a big traveler. I haven't been out of the country except Canada, which I don't know if that counts, but um, so, so, you know, he's taking us to Mexico, and I'm going, we're going to Monterey, and I think it's a couple hours, and I kind of looked on the map. So I sat down with him. He goes, oh, yeah. He says, we'll go, and we'll, we'll get there, and it'll all, you know, do this and that. And I said, well, what road, what road are you going to take? Because I saw there was a main highway. He said, oh, I stay off the main highway. He says, I like to go through the back country," And, boy, right away I'm going, oof. You know, I hear stories about backcountry and Mexico. But he wouldn't tell me. He just kept giving me vague answers, you know. And it just made me uncomfortable. And I suppose, you you know, you might say, well, I didn't have faith. And that's probably true. I had no faith in him at all. (laughs) That that is very true. Um, At that point, I had no faith in him. And I've actually said, um, okay, thank you. And we proceeded to find somebody else that would take us and tell me where we're going. And when I was getting picked up, (laughs) you know, I wanted to know. He said, well, I'll just leave you there and then I'll come back and get you. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa you're going to take me into Mexico, you're going to leave me, and then you're going to come back and get me later. I don't know, I just, you know, but that, that was me. I want to know. I want to know. And uh, I think there's a lot of times when we don't know. We don't know. And I believe it's those times that I think we, we learn to depend on God. I hope we do, because we need His presence. We need His presence. And back in Exodus, the 13th chapter, as they're beginning to make this trip, God told him, he says, I'm going to, I'm going to give you some things to, so you can see my presence. And in the 13th chapter, the 21st verse, he said, uh, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of the cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from before the people. So what God did was, he says, I'm going to give you something that you can actually see. Now, for me, I I like that. I like things I can actually see. I'm, you know, Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. And I know that's true. But I like to see things. And he gave them a a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by by day so that they could see God's presence. So they could see it. It was something tangible that they could actually say, Okay, there it is. And then in, in Exodus the 40th chapter, Moses responded to all this in Exodus forty, thirty-four. It says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of the meeting, because the cloud rested above it, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day and the fire was over it by night in the sight of all of the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. So it says that when, when those clouds moved and when the fire moved, then the people moved. And that's the presence of God. What it shows is they depended upon his presence. They were dependent upon his presence. So, they wanted to stay in that spot where they knew the presence of God was with them. And that's the way it needs to be for us. That needs to be for us. Because the presence of God brings certain things to us, it means certain things to us in our lives. And that's what I want to take a look at. What does it mean to us to have the presence of God with us? What does it mean? Does it matter? Does it make a difference? In John, the sixth chapter. John, the 6th chapter, the 63rd verse. It says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They are life. The presence of God, the Spirit of God, is what gives life. The Spirit of God is the intangible presence that's with us that makes a difference. The Spirit of God is what makes a difference in what we experience when we get together. It's the Spirit of God that works in our hearts. And we need to recognize that, that it's that Spirit that gives us what we need. It gives us life. It's, it's what profits us. It's what makes a difference. It's what's going to work in us and through us. It's what's going to allow us to give life to somebody else. You know, in and of ourselves, we can, we can help somebody. We can be there for them. We can't give them life. You know, it's the Spirit of God that gives life to people. It should be what we live for and what we're about. And we recognize that what we have and who we are comes from Him. It comes from Him. And it gives us life. You know, it's what gives us life in the midst of Struggles. You know, it doesn't say there's not struggles. It doesn't say there's times when you won't feel like it. But in those times, it's what still gives us life. It still gives us life. It's what gives us life when we face death. You know, when we face death, what is it? The Spirit of God, the presence of Him with us, gives us life. And ultimately gives us life eternal. And we have to realize that we need that. And where He is, there is life. You know, there should, be, there should be a sense of life and there should be a sense of, of something. And I've heard people say it sometimes when they come to church. They'll say, I don't know what it was, but there was something, something different. And I believe that's, that's what they experience. That's what they need to experience when they come. They need to experience. They may not be able to understand it or know what it is, but they need to under, feel that presence of God. You know, that that there's something different. There's something here. There's something that can stir in my heart. There's something that can give me hope when I have no hope. There's something that can make a difference in my life. There's something that can change things in my life. And And I believe that that's why we need to depend upon Him. We depend upon His presence. Without His presence, it's just up to us. It's just up to us. And I've always said that, you know, if it was just up to me to try to make something happen it would be too frustrating. It would be too frustrating. It would have to be to the point where I trust Him and His presence to do what He wants to do in whatever it is. It's not for me to try to say, I think God ought to do it this way, this way, this way. I just need to depend upon Him, and I need to allow His presence to guide and direct me. You know, that's that's a very difficult difficult step for most of us. You know, it's very difficult to... Take that step and say, okay, I'm going to start walking by faith and not by sight. I'm going to start trusting in Him. I'm going to start trusting in His presence. I'm going to trust Him to work and to do and to make a difference. You know, sometimes it's very difficult with our loved ones. Sometimes when when we see a loved one that's struggling, we want to help them by changing them and make them do the right thing. Well, we need to remember with those closest to us, we need to remember that it's the Spirit of God that gives life. And we need to trust Him and allow Him to maybe work through us and maybe not work through us. That we don't have to force them to try to do what we think they ought to do. That we can trust God to work in their life and bring about life to them. Because if that doesn't happen, then it'll just always be me trying to prop somebody up. It'll just be me trying to make something happen. And sometimes that can get very frustrating. In Galatians, the fifth chapter, the 16th verse... Very familiar scripture. It says we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. And you know that walking part, to me it means every day. It's the everyday part of my existence. It's the everyday. I walk every day by faith and not by sight. That God's presence needs to be with me, not just on Sunday. It's not a thing that, well, when we get to church, I hope His presence is here to do this or this or this. But it's every day that His presence is with us. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk in the Spirit. We recognize our need for His Spirit. We recognize our need for His presence with us. And so we allow Him to guide our words and our actions. We allow Him to guide us. We expect Him to guide us. We have an expectation that I don't have to figure everything out, but I have to trust Him. I have to rely upon Him. I have to put my faith in Him and say, Lord, you know, help me with this. Help me with this. Guide me through this. And you know, it's an everyday thing because I said before, you know, there's so many times when I get so involved with everyday life that I find myself doing something and then it's when I can't figure it out. That I think, Oh, I better pray about this. I probably should have prayed before. I probably should have prayed earlier. I probably should have had that sense earlier. But for most of us, you know, we can get busy and we get into something and we think, wow, you know, I need to pray. I need to remember God's with me through this. He's with me. He's guiding me. He's directing me. And I need to trust Him. Psalm one nineteen one o five 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. His word, is presence. You know, you can't separate, we can sometimes, but we should never separate His word from His presence. You know, it's also, I have to know His word. I have to know what His word says to know His presence. His Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Jesus says He was the Word. The Word became flesh. You you can't separate all that. You know, the Word of God is also our guide, our everyday guide. It's His presence to us. We need to know what it says. We need to know His Word so that something else doesn't sneak in and try to guide us. Sometimes if if we get to looking for a sense or a feel... You know, if we think that God's presence is just a sense or a feel. Well, there's all kinds of things out there that'll give you senses and feelings. There's all kinds of things that you go, wow, that feels good. Well, there's a lot of things that feel good that aren't from God. You know, there's a lot of things. Feeling good, you know, I think God wants us to feel good, but not everything that feels good is from God. And if we start to if we start to just go, well, I'm just gonna pray and I'll just kind of sense his presence. If you don't know his word, you're gonna go, you're gonna get misguided. I'll tell you, if you don't know his word, if you don't know what it says, you're going to get misguided. Because when I start, when I start just saying, oh, I'm just going to sit here and kind of feel and sense, you're going to have your feelings. I mean, we all got feelings. I got feelings. I have opinions. I have the way things I want to do. I have opinions. Um, people have opinions. You know, I think we have an enemy, the devil, that has opinions. And if you want to just start sensing, there's all kinds of stuff you can sense and feel. And so his presence is with us, but it's by his word. It's by his word, because his word is true. His word is true, and it's a light unto our feet and a light unto our path to guide us and direct us and show us the way. You know, just like that light guided the Israelites, we have, we have his word to light our path, to show us the way, to show us how to go. In Psalm 119.50, it says, his word has given us life. His word has given us life. And, you know, in the midst, I believe, in a world that we live in today, one of the things that we need is life. You know, there's so much we need about life. Real life. Abundant life. Life that the Lord can give. I just, I saw something or I read something this week and, you know, I'm, you know, it's obvious we're in a political season and it's obvious people are running for office. But, you know, it's obvious also as Christians, we need to remember that none of those guys got the answer. None of those men have the answer for what we're going through, what we're living. You know, hopefully they can guide our country and make some wise decisions, hopefully. But they're not going to change things for the better. What really needs change is when God's people pray and God's people do what they're supposed to do that it will bring real change. It's God's people, you know, and we have to remember that we have to remember to pray and we have to do what we're supposed to do and be responsible for what we're supposed to do, and that's going to make a difference in our society and the world around us. you know man is man can only do so much. we pray for them and hope they make some wise decisions, sometimes that could seem hopeless that uh you wonder if they can make any wise decisions, and we kind of you know you kind of laugh about it, but You know, it has a pretty serious tone to it. You know, it has a pretty serious tone. And what we need to remember that if our country is going to change, what it needs to happen is we need to realize who's the source of what we need. And we need to realize that it's him and his presence is what we need. And that's what we need to make changes. And his word is what gives us life. It's his word that gives us life. And it's his word that will help us and guide us. And it's his word that people are looking for. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for answers. I think we're at a place in society right now where the world looks around and says, it's pretty hopeless. It's pretty hopeless. Does anybody out there have an answer? I believe what we're seeing right now in the political arena is people are finally expressing themselves and some people are hearing that there's a lot of frustrated people out there that want help and are looking for answers. They're saying, is somebody out there that can help me? Is somebody out there listening to me? I believe it's fertile ground for the church. I believe it's a time when when people around us are searching for life. They're searching for hope. They're searching for something that'll help them with where they're at. And I believe it's also a time when, you know, people can say, well, yeah, everybody, I can help you, I can help you. But who's going to really give them life? Who's going to give them something that makes a difference in their life? Who can help them with that? And I believe it's the presence of God. I believe to a lot of an extent, you know, over the years, what we've done in our society is we've pretty much pushed the presence of God away. We've pretty much pushed it away over time. I believe we've pushed it out of our schools over the last 30, 40, 50 years. You know, I I talked to old people, and I can still remember. (laughs) You know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, we actually had religious education in the classroom. Once a week, a man would come into the class, a pastor, and teach us religion. I remember when the Gideons could hand Bibles out in classes. You know, I remember when um, you could have a teacher that could have a Bible on her desk. And you could still do that. That's not against the law. But, but I remember those things. I remember when, when, you know, people could actually discipline children, you know. And now all of a sudden we wonder why we have a problem, you know. When we say you can't pray in school, you can't do these things in school. What happened to our schools? Well, we got problems. Now we all see we so we can all see we got problems, and so now we're going to try to fix it. And how does man try to fix his problem? More money. That's all you got to do is just give him more money. If you give him more money, it'll get better. And so for the past several years, we've just poured money into the situation. It looks to me, as my observation, money isn't necessarily fixing anything. I remember when I was a youngster that the schools were operated by local people. You know, a local farmer was on a school board, um, a local businessman was on a school board, and they still are on a school board. But I remember when the money came from local people. I remember when I was in high school, the money started to come from the state. Ah, that's the answer. The state's going to send us free money. The state's got a lot of money. Let's just get their money. That's the answer. And now I know that the answer is the state sends us money, Now the federal government's going to send us money because we need more money. That's what's going to fix our schools. Just watch, folks. It's not fixing anything. It's not fixing anything. You can't get away from God's principles and then expect to fix it with money. God's word is true. His principles are true. What he says is true. We need his presence. When I grew up in the 60s, you know, God's dead. God's dead. That was a big thing, you know, and people bought into that. And we kind of started living our life as though God was dead. He's not present anymore. He's gone. There is no God. Where are we now? How did that work? How's that going? You know, it brings death. It brings death. The Spirit of God, the presence of God is what brings life. It brings life. Now, I believe that we shouldn't go into schools and use the school as an evangelism tool to to coerce people i don't believe that but by the same token i know that it's the spirit of god that will bring life it's his principles that will bring life it's his word that brings life it's his word that brings life to our lives in second corinthians the third chapter the 17th verse it says now the the lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom or liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, of course, we all, we all want freedom. I want to be free. And for most people, freedom means I don't want nobody telling me what to do. That's what freedom is. I'll be free so nobody can tell me what to do. Well, you know, real freedom, real freedom is when the Spirit of the Lord is present, and He gives us real freedom. He gives us freedom from sin, freedom from death, Freedom from condemnation, freedom from guilt, freedom to follow Him. We're not under compulsion to follow Him. We're free to follow Him. We have freedom. We have freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It's not compulsion. It's not you have to. You better do this. You know, you don't try to scare somebody into thinking they need to do the right thing. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Spirit of the Lord gives us freedom. Freedom to do the right thing. The Spirit of the Lord does not bind each other up. The Spirit of the Lord does not try to give us use guilt or control. Remember that when you're raising your children. Sometimes I think we can fall into that. You know, we kind of want to use guilt and control to raise our children. I think that you can be honest with them about consequences, but I think you have to be very, ki- very careful about using guilt to try to control their behavior. I think you need to tell them the truth and give them freedom. Tell them the truth. Because eventually they're going to decide. Eventually they got to do it. They got to figure it out. They got to figure it out. You know, freedom doesn't try to buy favors or friendship, you know, it doesn't try to get people to do something because. I'm going to try to buy them or I'm going to do something that's going to obligate them to me. It's where the Spirit of the Lord is. It gives us freedom. And I believe as a church, we need to walk in that freedom. And I believe we need to leave each other free to choose and free to be who we are. You know, when we do that, then we don't say, well, look at them. Look what they're doing. You know, just look at yourself. Look at yourself. Live in freedom. Let the Lord work in each and every life. I remember times over the years when somebody would come to church and boy somebody'd say, "Wow, look at that. Like what are they doing here? Like what do you, what's that mean? I can't believe they're here. You mean they go to your church? You know? Well, it's freedom. It's freedom it's free to be who we are jesus didn't say get all fixed up and then come to me he says come to me as you are we're free we're free in him and we're free to receive from him it needs to be an atmosphere of freedom because that's where the spirit of the lord is and where the spirit of the lord is we need to trust that you know we need to trust that in all the things we do not always easy not always easy you know, we want to fix things sometimes. You know, fix your spouse. You know, if you live long enough, you might get the job done, but, you know, they don't kill you in the process. But, you know, but, uh, you know we need to, we need to be, leave our spouses free sometimes to be who they are, not try to control all that too. You know, sometimes that's more difficult than we want to admit to. But we need to allow Freedom. And we need to allow the freedom so that the Spirit of God can work. So the Spirit of God can work and do what He wants to do. I found out that the Spirit of God can do it much better than me. He can do it much better than me. He he can get done what He wants to get done. I just need to be able to trust Him. Trust Him to guide my steps, to guide my path, to show me the way. So I walk in the Spirit. So I I try to do it. And it's not a perfect thing, folks. It's not perfect. You know, people I've, you know, I've went through a few things lately and people say, well, you should have done this, you should have done that, you should have done this. You know, I'll tell you in five years. That's just how I feel about it. Check with me five years from now and I'll tell you probably what I should have done. You know, I don't know. We try our best. We try to hear what we think God's saying and we move on. And. Sometimes, you know, everybody's looking at it and going, whoa, wow, should have done this, should have done that. Why didn't you do it? I don't know. You know, I could have I missed some things. I'm not, I wouldn't begin to say that, you know, but in five years, I'll tell you better. I'll tell you better. But, you know, we got we to gotta believe and trust God. We got we to gotta sense that, okay, Lord, show me what to do. Help me through this. Guide me today. Show me what it is you want me to do and say. One of the things personally that I'm starting to really enjoy is I'm starting to enjoy that time when, as a pastor, I could actually sense or think about what it was that I thought God wanted me to do today and hopefully let him guide me, and that's kind of been fun again. I don't know, fun's the right word. Maybe fun's not. Well, I do enjoy it, so I guess fun's okay. But, you know, to where you think, wow, Lord, what, what, what do you want me to do today? What do you want me to do? Is there somebody I need to see, something I need to go to? Should I go, should I go to town and talk to the guy in the barber shop? That's Gary, but um, <laughs> sometimes it's okay. But, you know, it's those kinds of things. It's real practical in our own lives. It's real practical. Well, I don't want to don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. But know that his presence is what needs to guide and direct us, whether it's individually or as a church. And without his presence, we're done. Without his presence, we're done. We, we live, and that's what gives us life. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just admit, Lord, our need for you. Lord, we acknowledge that we need your presence. We need your presence to guide us and direct us and help us in life. Lord, we need your presence to give us life. We need you to help us to share that life with those around us. Lord, we just pray that as we move forward as a church, Lord, that you would just help us never, never to forget that we live in your presence. And that's what gives us life. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So, Lord, help us never to take that for granted. And, Lord, help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be faithful to you this afternoon, Lord, that you would just help us, not not to make it some big, difficult thing, but, Lord, to just know that you want to guide us through our afternoon, that you want to help us to do the things you want to do. Help us to be sensitive to people around us we might be able to share with and bring life to them. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing. Lord, we just pray that you continue to be with us. We just pray that you just uh, guide us and send us forth in your word, your truth. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone needs prayer today, um, Pam and Tom will be up here to pray with you over here. And if you need prayer, come up and uh, let them pray with you. Otherwise, you're dismissed.